Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What exactly is a medium? How do you know you are one? Is mediumship a gift or a curse? I know there's an opening here for a large and small comment, but I'm not going to make it. So welcome to the 880th edition of Behind the Paranormal. 888th. You're going to mess up the historians here. Did I say 88th? I meant 888th. So right. too many eights. 888, that's 38th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Coming to you from WOON, AM, and FM Radio in Woonsocket, Rhode Island, on the Paranormal Radio app from TalkStream Live and on TuneIn.com. I'm Ben, and those assorted questions came from my co-host, partner in Paranormal Adventures, and dad, Paul. And today, we bring you a show on an important subject that we don't really cover all too often. So if you'd like to join us on the air, you can give us a call, 401-766-1240. That's from anywhere. Or you can get in contact with us via various social media platforms or email paul at behindtheparanormal.com. Valerie Lafaso is an empathic medium, a Reiki master, teacher, probably a few other things I can't pronounce, a paranormal investigator, uh, the author of the Tangled Web of Friends Young Adult Paranormal Fiction Series. Uh, Valerie's official bio says that she has been an empath her whole life and has come to understand what that means only in the past 15 years through research, investigating, and fieldwork. She is co-founder of the KRI Center for Consciousness Studies in New Hampshire, which operated for 10 years before closing in 2019. While there, Valerie managed and facilitated events, lectures, and classes in all fringe subjects and founded her Empath Support Gathering, which continues today. She is a member of the Seacoast Paranormal Research Group and co-host of the Exeter Terrestrial TV show on Exeter, New Hampshire Public Access. She can be found on Facebook by searching Valerie Lafaso, that's L-O-F-A-S-O, author and empathic medium, and uh, we have a link on our uh, website to that. Uh, Valerie has been on Behind the Paranormal a number of times over the years as part of panels uh, with other guests, but this is her first solo appearance. Uh, she lives in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, one of our favorite towns. Uh, just on a personal note, uh, long-time listeners of this show will be aware that we have been uh, very critical of traditional mediums on the show. Uh, we seldom have them on, and we're seldom impressed when we do. But then we get to know someone like Valerie in New Hampshire or Susan Shepard in West Virginia, and it reminds us that our own theories and methods are way outside the mainstream and that we need to listen to other ideas, too. In fact, we plan to include Valerie in our own work going forward, uh, which will be fun because she's already good friends with everyone in the crazy gang that we work with on flat barrier cases already. Uh, and she will be a contributor to our forthcoming book, Behind the Paranormal 3, Uneasy Skies. So, Valerie LaFosso, welcome back to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Oh, well, it's great to have you back with us. And, you know, first solo flight, so welcome aboard. Uh, I guess we'll just hop right into it and just start right at the very beginning, as Julie Andrews once told us, because it is a very good place to start. Uh, <laughs> what is a medium? So the short, short version is a medium is a person who can communicate with what we believe are the souls of departed humans. Um, that's kind of the, the generic term for it. Okay. Uh, so that was a quick answer. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> hey, you know, it's a short and sweet, I guess. So what is an empathic medium, you know, as, as opposed to other forms of mediumship? Well, you know, the, the longer I do this, the more I realize that 
intuition is very individual and there tends to be a very wide spectrum of possibilities where you can fall with your own intuition. Um, you know, some people are very strong mediums where, like I just said, they communicate with what they believe are spirits of, of dead people. Other people are very psychic and that tends to mean that, you know, they're picking up on energy of objects or they have premonitions, that type of thing. As an empath, I get information from energy. And as you guys probably are aware, pretty much everything on this planet has some sort of energy to it. Um, I have found that I can read the energy of pretty much everything at this point. Humans, animals, plants, land, buildings, objects, um, and as an empath, that tends to get very overwhelming. Um, empaths take on the energy of all of this stuff. Um, you know, the, the term empathetic, you know, not all people who can be empathetic are empaths. It, it's kind of two separate things. But a person who is an empath can put themselves into the shoes of other people very naturally, very easily, um, but it, it's very, very exhausting to do that all the time, and you have to do it rather carefully. That, that's what we've heard uh, from other empaths, that, that it can be overwhelming, and they can't deal with it, some of them. So, so, so they try and block it. So now, Ben, I'm horning in on your lines here. Hey, stop stepping on my lines. Um, so how does mediumship work? Um, again, it you know, it varies person to person. For me, when I am getting energy, it's a feeling first. And it's kind of like, um, you know, at this point, I think my body is kind of almost like an EMF detector. Like, I'm feeling energy. It's changing the sensations in my body that I'm feeling. Sometimes it'll be just in my head. Usually it's in my chest and stomach, Um and when I start to get these sensations, I have to start asking the questions. Where is this coming from? Do I need it? Is this coming from a person? Does somebody else need this information? There's there's a whole lot of questions that I have to ask. Um, and at the same time, I'm feeling into the energy more to try to translate it into symbols or images. Um, it's It's a very complicated process and hard to explain um for for me i rarely just see a spirit standing in front of me that does happen occasionally but generally it's a lot of work to get there one of the people might be wondering there about some of these terms and you know how we are with defining terms you hear about psychics you hear about mediums you hear about psychic mediums can you sort that out for us what's the difference um yeah i I think I said a little bit about about this earlier. Mediums will be communicating with dead people, souls, that type of thing, whereas psychics are going to be getting energy from um, objects, tarot cards, premonitions. That that type of thing tends to be more psychic than medium. I think most intuitives tend to be a blend of both to some extent. Um, I know personally I feel like I'm a blend of both, like maybe falling right in the middle, feeling energy from objects as well as energy from humans or animals or whatever other types of beings I might come across. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, now, is that Valerie, clear as you, mud now? <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I said, is that clear as mud now? <laughs> oh no, 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 it, no! It is. It is uh, not as mud, but a little bit better uh, than that, certainly. Uh, now, you you sat through or endured, I don't know, 10, 20, 30 of our lectures over the years. And uh, one, one of the reasons we want to work with you is because we need somebody with a different opinion. If everybody in the group agrees with your opinion, what are you going to learn? You know, so um, and, and you know that, that, that we don't believe this has anything to do with dead people at all. But we may be wrong, you know, and, and we're willing to certainly to admit that uh, we think that they're actual people who are alive in parallel worlds. Da, 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 da. Anybody who's listened to the show knows all about that. And you do, too, because you listen to us. Um what uh, what say you about any of that? I mean, could we have could there be a combination of the uh, parallel world thing and, and and people who were maybe dead here and there, or are we saying the same thing in different terms? A lot of mediums tell us they believe what we believe, only they put it in different ways and maybe look at it a little differently. I mean, what what, what say you? Yeah, I mean, I definitely have had experiences where I think the the parallel worlds theory definitely has a lot of um, basis to it. But, you know, then there are situations where, you know, I'm sitting at the dinner table with a friend and their deceased uncle comes through very strongly with a message. And I ask myself, well, why would somebody from a parallel world want to bring this guy a message? Like, how would he know that that's what he needs at at this moment? Um, So, you know, at this point in my in my intuitive career, I really want to work with the energies that I'm feeling and ask these questions. Okay, well, where are you or- originating from? You know, mm. why are you bringing this message through now? Um, you know, there's so many questions I have for these energies. You know, because you know, I trust that you know this is that that friend's uncle. But then, how do I know that's that friend's uncle you know that's the information i'm getting but i don't know exactly where that information is coming from i want to explore that more and that's why i'm excited to work more with you guys because i think i'll really have that opportunity to ask those questions to all different kinds of energies from from what you guys have talked about with your investigations yeah well, we can't wait to get you into some of this, particularly Pennsylvania with the uh, the flap area. And, uh, you know, there are people, you got Bigfoot, you've got UFOs, but you also have uh, what people describe as shadow people and, and various uh, things of that kind. Uh, I think it's going to be uh, really amazing uh, to work with you. Now, how has mediumship changed in the modern era? In other words, you know, we, we don't see anybody anymore who sits there and, you know, ectoplasm comes out of their mouths, you know, like you saw in the 1890s and all this. I mean, how has it changed since the the Fox sisters experience in the 1840s and from, from the, the uh, Oracle at Delphi in the ancient world all the way up to, how is it different today? Well, or I think one it? Of the, it definitely is. There are still people that do some of that stuff. Um, I think there's, a, there's a place somewhere in Europe. Can't remember exactly where, where they do do stuff like that. But um, I think the biggest difference from medium mediumship at that time to mediumship now is, more people are understanding that they can do it themselves. They don't necessarily have to pay somebody to get a reading. They can learn how to develop their own intuition. And it's it's not exactly a lot of people use the um, analogy of, you know, it's a muscle that you have to exercise. And I don't think that that's entirely true. I think everybody has intuition. It's learning how to recognize it and paying attention to that. 
Um, we all need our own internal dictionaries to translate what we are picking up on. And that's where it gets complicated. You know, we all want to have things come through like, you know, the, the TV mediums. Like, you know, it doesn't work for me the way it does for Teresa Caputo, you know, and it's when we're inundated with these pop culture, um, scenarios, you know, we think, oh, well, I don't do that. So I don't have intuition. Well, that's not true. You do. You listen to your gut all the time, you know, Mm -hmm. but you're not always aware that that's what you're doing. So I've seen more and more people exploring their own abilities and really coming into their own and using it for good, which is what we need right now. Yeah, that's very astute. Uh, Our opinion is is a parallel with that, that yeah, I think that that uh, this abilities of any kind, intuitive abilities, are a survival instinct that's built really into every species on the planet, including ourselves. And as we say, you know, if you hadn't known that the uh, the saber toothed cat was kind of thinking about you for lunch from the ledge above your head, and you didn't get the feeling you were being watched or were in some kind of danger, our, our species never would have survived. You know, uh, our ancestors were not dumb; they were very, very intelligent. Or they wouldn't have survived, and they use their their intuitive ability. So that's that's how we see it. I kind of uh, want to. You want to get in here? Oh yeah. Well, hey, you you read my mind. Huh. Um, <laughs> it, it's it's interesting. I want to hone in on something that you that you've said re- repeatedly, Valerie, which is the phrase "Where is this coming from?" That's that's really interesting to me because in all the years that we've done this show. I don't think I've ever heard a single medium clairvoyant, whatever whatever word, phrase, subcategory you want to use, ever ask that question. And I think it's I think it, I think a I think it credits you greatly. Uh, shows you're very intelligent. You know you don't just automatically accept stuff, which is great. My my question is this: What is what is what is what are some of the answers that you've received when asking this question? I tend to get a lot of fuzziness um, for the most part. I haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to ask this question recently. Um, you know, and under the current circumstances, I'm not getting out of the house very often. <laughs> and yeah, my, my, home, yeah, true for all my home is highly protected. Um, you know, it, it takes a lot of faith in what I am feeling to trust the information that's coming through. Um you know, this, the situation that I re- referenced with, you know, having dinner with a friend and his uncle coming through, that, that actually happened. And that doesn't happen to me very often where I'm in a casual social situation and I get overwhelmed by a presence. That was kind of the first time that it ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and afterwards, I did ask, ask the question, was that actually this person's uncle or was that something else and what was resonating was that it may have been a form of his higher self coming through in the form of his uncle who he was very close to who he had just lost Um, but he needed this message and he needed it to come in a way that would most highly impact him so he would pay attention to it you know if you tell somebody oh well your higher self is telling you to do this, they 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 might blow it off, but if it's you know the uncle just passed away and you, you're able to describe how he passed away, what he was like, you know, give giving personality traits and ways to really identify this person, you know, that has a lot more weight to it for the person receiving the message. Um, 
But I, do, I, I'm not confident that it was actually the energy of the uncle. I think it may have been a message from himself to help him on his way. Yes, see, we run into that a lot, and we interpret that as uh, you, you, your term would be higher self. Our term would be a facet from a, from a parallel reality where the laws of physics are such that you can talk to the neighbors as one of the people I've dealt with. Uh, from a world where that apparently is is happening uh, can, can take place. So uh, that's I think very astute. Also, um, now there's one more question. I, I want to get to um, some questions from our listeners here. But one thing that's fascinating here is that uh, unlike many mediums whom we've encountered, uh, Valerie, you are also a UFO researcher and research all all areas of the paranormal. How does your your gift of mediumship help you in UFO research or how could it or, or how has it or what? Um, you know, it, it, it has helped me by helping other people. Um, my own personal experiences are not what I would call traumatic in any way. They were only positive experiences, but I've encountered a lot of people who've had trauma around UFO and ET encounters and through working with the energies to help calm them down in situations or bring them, comfort in situations that might otherwise be uncomfortable for them has been very helpful when interacting with them. Um, You know, a lot of times it's in the support group type situations, um, that type of thing. Um, I think you guys know Mike Stevens. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me telling this story, but there was a time when we were together on a mountain um, and we were doing a CE5, the the Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, meditation to draw in a benevolent being of some sort, and we had something show up, and Mike became very nervous. And I, I was sitting right next to him, and I immediately could tell that he was uncomfortable. So I used my mediumship to communicate with what we were looking at to make sure it was, in fact, benevolent. And then I was able to let Mike know that, and that that encouraged him to, you know, calm calm himself down and be open to what was happening. Well, a few months ago, we had Mike on the show with Nomar Slevic uh, talking about experiences like that and their their book uh, that they have produced uh, about Mike's uh, really traumatic experiences. Um, and all the years I've known Mike, uh, we've never really had a chance to sit down and talk about that. But but that that's a story uh, that, that I had never never heard, Valerie. So thank you for sharing that. Uh, okay, uh, we're going to have a break pretty soon, but not just yet. Here's a question. Uh, ben, I, I don't want to – do you want to no, get no. in here? Okay. Um, the questions I will ask will probably take up a, past the break, so we're going we're gonna to leave them uh, okay. for later. <laughs> okay, good. Well, why don't we get to Peter uh, from Bogota, uh, sort of an honorary uh, guest co-host, uh, sends in great questions every week. Ben, you have that uh, question? I do. Uh, Let's hope it's the correct one. Um, So Peter writes to us, can you explain the difference between uh, what you do in remote viewing? Second, can you give us any insights on the phenomena of alien abductions? All right, so the first question, can you explain remote viewing, first of all, so people will know? Remote viewing, from what I understand, is energetically projecting yourself to a specific location, whether it's chosen by somebody else or if you're choosing a certain location it's it's kind of like a a i don't want to say forced but a um a willing out-of-body experience to put yourself 
in a location to view what is happening there in the in the present moment. Whereas, you know, just regular intuition is dealing with where you are. You're not going anywhere. You're you're working with where you are, as far as I can tell. Okay. So as to Peter's question, the difference between that that and what you do? Um I mean I'm I'm working with the energies directly in contact with me where I am. So I'm not putting myself in other locations far away from where I am. It's it's actually something I would like to try more. I just, you know, don't currently have much time for stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> All right. And the second question, Ben, maybe you can repeat it. Sure. Uh, which is can you give us any insights on the phenomena of alien abductions? You know, it's it's hard for me to speak on that because I never want to take away from somebody's experiences. But the people I've encountered who believe that they have been abducted have what feels to me empathically as very genuine experiences. And they believe that this happens, has happened to them. And I have no reason to think that they are not telling me the truth. Now, I hope that answers the question. Right, okay. Um, at uh, the KRI Center, you, and, and, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were involved with a support group for people who had experiences like that. Is that, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, with Mike. With Mike Stevens, right. Yes. Okay. Uh, does that still meet? Um, Mike is still holding some groups. I don't know if he's doing the um, support group quite as much. I think now that we're getting back into spring um, and can meet outdoors, um, you know, groups like that will be happening more. Um, he tends to head those up, and I, I think he wants to continue them, and I would like to continue to be a part of them as the world normalizes a little bit more. Yeah, the reason we ask is because, you know, many people may you know, may not know where to turn when they have experiences like that, and uh, I know that's not really the subject of our discussion today, but it's all, you know, it's all part of the uh, the issues that that can arise. Um, we wanted to also get to a well. We 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 may have to ask the question and then uh, go to the break, but we'll 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 get started with it here. Uh, my printer is down, so I'm using my phone here. All right, there we go. Okay. Um, hmm. Because a question came in. Well, well, I I will um I'll look for that and and we can. Uh, with this continue, I just you know, with the, I'm not used to using the phone for all this stuff. So in any case, um, let's see. Let me get back to the script here. Ben, you got anything uh, before I? Oh, make sure. A thing. fool of myself yeah. here can't find it. It's it's okay, Dad. You know that it's technology is both amazing and terrible all at the same time. Um, oh, here it is. I guess right. I guess. Oh, oh, you you found it. Do you, would you like would you like me to continue? We do have a few minutes before the break. So yeah, I, 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 I wanted to. Uh, yeah, and we can perhaps get started on this and then finish it after the break. Uh, examples of cases you have worked with. I was particularly interested in the one uh, when when you were clearing the KRI center as it unfortunately closed. We ourselves spoke there several times and did sh- live shows from there and, and panels ab- uh, on which you uh, were participating. Uh, the angel at the KRI Center, uh, very interesting sort of being as you describe it. Uh, can, can you um, begin to get in that into that and we can t- continue after the break? Yeah, so angel was, that was actually what I called her. She, I, she was not an angelic being. 
I believe she was more of um, a land type entity. Um, she would present herself to me almost kind of similar to Groot from, I can't remember, the, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Right. Kind of like made up of branches of a tree. Very tall, slender. Um, sometimes she would be, you know, three times the size of the building. Sometimes she would be able to fit in my pocket. Um, but she was there when we moved. So we, we originally were in a Greenland location, and then we moved into the Stratum location. That's Greenland, and, New and, Hampshire, not Greenland, Greenland. Right. right. <laughs> I, yeah. <laughs> and she um, came about after we had moved into the Stratum location um, and we're looking for protectors for the space because doing what we did, we drew in a lot of activity and energy from all different places. That wasn't always fun to fun to manage. So she was kind of a, a watcher for us. Um, and when we were closing down, um, I was working with her to see what her future was going to be. And essentially, she was there only for the center. And when I removed the protective energy that I had put around the center, she essentially vanished, dissolved, died. I don't, I don't even know what the proper term for it was, but her essence ceased to be in that form, and she will not ever be in that form ever again. But her energy went somewhere. I just don't okay. know where. I think it's scattered. Yeah. Every time we were there, which was a lot, uh, we, we were with you know many good friends such as yourself, very, very positive uh, atmosphere and spirit there and a lot of, a lot of great stuff. But, uh, okay, I guess we're coming down to our uh, mid-show break here. And you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WOON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's very palatable Blackstone Valley today. Nice weather. No, it's not either. It's raining. But anyway, rain is good. And uh, we'll uh, be right back with our great guest, Valerie LaFaso. So stick with us. The night is alive. Join us and take a walk on the weird side when you tune in to The Kingdom of Nye, hosted by Heather Wade, the finest in late-night talk. Listen live free weeknights starting at 9 p.m. Pacific time at thekingdomofnye.com, talkstreamlive.com, and the Paranormal Radio app. Want to take a ride? Okay, and welcome back to Behind the Paranormal on WON Radio AM and FM. And we are continuing our fascinating discussion with with uh, empathic medium Valerie LaFaso uh, and, and author as well. And we are um, have a question here uh, from Phil. And Phil is uh, one of our Connecticut uh, reporters, a more, I, I guess, in a way, kind of a spy in the uh, flap area that we've been talking about for many years, uh, Litchfield County, Connecticut. And uh, Phil, I bet that you don't have this because we're not in the studio. Uh, he says, uh, you'll probably get this to this question today anyway. We guess we kind of have. But as a medium, how does Valerie assess whether an entity is being truthful? She is clearly multiverse aware. Uh, we did kind of get into that, but I think it's worth pursuing even further. So, Valerie, uh, what do you have to say to Phil? Well, that's actually, it's a great question and, and something that I talk about a lot as an empath um, I tend to 
feel into the core of energy very easily, whether it's people or not people. And it actually has helped me a lot on cases when I encounter entities because, you know, you hear a lot about demonic entities and evil and dark and all this. Well, you know, the KRI Center that we were just talking about, um, we would do training investigations there a lot um, for the purpose of training people. But because we of what we did, we had all kinds of activity going on there constantly, noises and shadows and all kinds of things. So on one of our training investigations, there was a spirit in the basement that was presenting himself as this just disgusting spider-like evil thing crawling on the walls and the ceiling and just really presenting himself very disgustingly. But he was like an accountant or something in life. Oh dear. Um, when I, Not you know, a lawyer. <laughs> I, yeah, I like say. you know, when I when I felt into the core of who this was, you know, I realized he was just somebody that was very unhappy. He was very confused. He didn't know what to do, and so he was presenting himself as a way that he thought would scare people to try to get attention. Um, but he wasn't at all this like scary evil thing. Um, and it, it tends to be something that I I do very quickly is get to the core of what is happening. And I trust what I'm feeling at the core. I've had multiple experiences where it's been validated that, you know, the essence of what I'm feeling is not what's being presented. Interesting. Okay, we'll get back to that. But at the moment, we have someone waiting on the phone. And uh, I believe it is uh, Tom Spidaleri, uh, who was a good friend to all of the three of us and organizer of many great events. Uh, Tom, welcome uh, to the show. Welcome back to the show. Thanks, Paul. Good morning. Oh, actually, good afternoon, Val. Wow. Hi, Tom. Yeah. Hi. Uh, so, Tom, uh, Tom is going to tell us about our brand-new charity that we have adopted on the show, and we have several of them, and we're very careful to uh, only endorse charities uh, whose whose uh, organizers and, and administrators we know personally, and we know that, that, that everything is used properly. So tell us what's going on, uh, and about the uh, Hilldale Cemetery, Tom. Well, Hilldale Cemetery was formed in 1859. It was actually a private cemetery ran by a private board of directors, uh, and through the years, things went awry. Money wasn't coming in. Money went wherever. And about 16, no, 12 years ago, 13 years ago, I took it over. Since then, we've been cleaning up over 20.93 acres of wilderness with all volunteers. Oh, wow. Run fundraisers over there. And the last two years, due to COVID-19, fundraising has been way down. And our biggest fundraiser of the year, both times, have been shut down. So it is hurting out there, but we're doing the best we can. We also the only cemetery in Havel that runs streets across America for our veterans. And we yeah, it's in Haver, Haverhill, Massachusetts, as well. Haverhill, Massachusetts, correct. Yeah, yep. and uh, I've been well, there. I was. I did in Rhode Island. They come up here. It's Haverhill, Massachusetts. Yeah, well, well, some people, you know, the, the foreigners. Uh, I don't know. But uh, I, I've been there. As a matter of fact, I was honored by Tom uh, to come up as uh, the, the nearest living relative of H.P. Lovecraft that he could find. 
actually a distant cousin, and uh, to honor um, a, a man who was a friend of Lovecraft's who was involved in the amateur journalism movement of the 1910s, 20s, and 30s, etc. Et, et and uh, that's when I first got to see th- this unique and lovely cemetery. So if you go to BehindTheParanormal.com, uh, our show website, we have a, a charities page with a bunch of charities on it, and then brand new is is the uh, Hilldale Cemetery, and it will take you to a GoFundMe page. And uh, anything you can do is is really uh, would really be appreciated. So, Tom, uh, thank you very much for calling it. Let's hope for yep. uh, thank uh, you for uh, your, su- your days and merrier times next year, so the event can can continue at the New England Parafest. Mm-hmm. And uh, but thanks again. Sure. We're going to be promoting that sure. uh, from now on. All right. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Yeah, bye-bye. Tom Spitaleri, a unique guy, community-minded. It's amazing some of the things he does. Okay, so so uh, let's get back to uh, our guest, of course, Valerie. And, Valerie, if you would tell us, uh, do you have any more uh, cases you'd like to share with us? Um, yeah, what kind of case would you like to hear about? Well, the angel oh. was pretty interesting. Yeah, Ben, go ahead. Um, so... There's something you, you said you said earlier. I wanted wanted to take a take a couple steps back to um, when when discerning where the source of information is, trying to decide whether it was you know friends, uncle, or something else. What is the something else? Yeah, that's what I'm not so sure about yet, um, and I'm I'm looking to explore it more. I, you know. I don't know if we can really conceive of all the possibilities, and I, I'm concerned that I don't have the language for it. So I'm hoping that I can get more information and slowly try to figure some of this stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, well, hey, it's the first day of school for all of us, I guess. Well, um, we feel the pain there because we had to literally invent terms to talk about some of the concepts here. And uh, we have a it, glossary beginning of my last book with those, you know. Yeah, and that's, that's there, helpful. There any words to describe it. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's, it's really hard, too, when you're translating sensations and feelings into words, you know. It's, it's easy to feel something. It's hard to translate that sometimes into adequate phrases or definitions. Yeah. Let's talk about spirits. Um our personal opinion is that, uh, and this comes from my experiences in the 70s and, and, and onward, they were so physical. I mean, I went into my first case in 1970 uh, with the, the, the just assuming what everybody else assumed, that these were the spirits or souls of people. And, and, but, that, but then all this physical stuff started to happen. You'd hear farm life. You'd hear animals. You'd hear physical objects and when people would see the the quote-unquote ghosts, they would be dressed sometimes uh, in clothing or doing physical things. And, and that really and, – and then a physicist told me that spirits as, as in complete beings without bodies, uh, incorporeal nature, which is one would think the definition of a spirit, uh, having all their memories and their knowledge and, you know, and especially being able to influence the environment – uh, was not possible under the laws of physics. I began to question the whole notion of uh, spirits as they are traditionally understood. Now, now you you see other possibilities too, but um, what say you about that? I mean, I just I haven't believed in in in, in spirits uh, except in, as part of parallel worlds where the laws of physics would allow them. 
for a long time, uh, and, and uh, assuming those worlds might be far away from the, the group of worlds in which we interact. But I don't know. But yeah, I could be all wrong. But what, what say you? I mean, you, you um, what, what's your opinion on the nature of, of these these beings as far as spiritual? existence alone is concerned as opposed to physical i i'm probably making a mess of this question but (laughs) but uh maybe you could say some more about that yeah um you know i think for a very long time i like everybody else assumed that when i saw something it was a departed loved one of somebody you know um we did an investigation at the button factory which is in portsmouth new hampshire it's an old um, mattress button factory and it's now artist studios and um, Mike Stevens was part of the investigative team and he and I both saw a full-bodied apparition walk down a hallway before we had any cameras going of course um, you know of course, it, it always happens. like it like and, any good apparition yeah. yeah of course you know but he walked down the hall and took a left-hand turn and we chased after him and the left-hand turn took him into a wall so wherever he went we couldn't go um, at the time, I assumed ghost, you know, okay, but now it, you know, maybe not. Maybe that was worlds overlapping, worlds colliding, you know. He didn't seem to be aware of us. He seemed to just be walking down the hallway and going where he needed to go. Um, at the same time, I so I was training as a medium on that investigation, and the medium that I was training with um, had me experiment with, a ghost that she was communicating with who enjoyed um, abusing and mutilating people, especially women. And I felt sensations of something I couldn't see touching me in places he was not allowed to touch me or it was not allowed to touch me, which was very weird. Um, Was that actually the ghost of a dead person who liked to do these things? I assumed so at the time, but now I, I'm not so sure. Um, you know, that that energy was definitely interacting with us, unlike the other energy that we saw. So were they from the same place? Were they from different places? I'm not sure. And unfortunately, at the time, I didn't have the awareness to ask those questions. Yeah. No, no, I sympathize. Um have you noticed in mediumistic situations spatial anomalies? You know, for example, um, w- w- the the book I hated writing, my last one, uh, talked about my own experiences after after advising people for you know forty five years not to be practicing mediumship uh, in 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 a casual manner. Here it looks like I I was doing it so. Uh, I recounted those cases because I'm old, and who knows how long I'll have to, to do that. And w- one of the, uh, especially the early situations, uh, were that what I was communicating with was like up by the ceiling or down in the floor or off to the side somewhere. Uh, what, what struck me as very strange, uh, but I suppose from a certain point of view, it's it's not. Uh, what have you experienced that too, in the sense of they're not necessarily right in front of you? A little bit, but not not a whole lot. I tend to have situations where I will see things that look like one thing, and the second I blink, they look like something completely different. Ah. Um, I don't know if that's it's kind of related. I think a little bit yeah, to that, I think where so. yeah, it it seems like it's shifting very quickly into something else. 
Well, our point of view, too, is that when you have a paranormal experience, and that would include these experiences, I would think, you're kind of uh, partially in their world, and whatever that world may be, and you're partially, uh, they're partially in ours, and that's how the the encounter takes place. I mean, I think it's more complicated than that, but uh, I, th- I think that that's um, a possible explanation for why things will change or, or, or what, I don't know, whatever. Just As Ben said, it's the first day of school. Yeah, I definitely feel that way. There's so much to learn. The more I try to learn, the more I need to learn. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that, exactly. Well, as we say, uh, everything you know is wrong because we don't really know anything. You know, so mm-hmm. we just uh, we learn and, and we try to do so together and in some way that that uh, writes on the uh, the empty slate as Aristotle would have said. You know, so uh, what what is your next step? Uh, do you consider yourself still in training or 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 what? Absolutely, I you know I will never call myself an expert in anything because I don't know yeah. how you can be an expert in this stuff Love where that. it's so yeah. intangible. Um, you know, there's just there's no way to have a firm grasp on any of this. So I I want to constantly be learning and exploring new ways of trying to figure this stuff out. Well, good. Uh, tell us about your books and where people can find out more. And I just want to say first that, that Valerie is a novelist. Her books I have, which I have, I don't want the newest one yet, but but they're it's they're really good and. Just because someone is a novelist, a fiction writer, does not mean that they are not a serious writer or that that they're not ex- extrapolating about their own field. Because in fiction is a tremendous way, I think, to uh, explain points of view, uh, to put into understandable terms for people uh, facts that you believe and have experienced. So go ahead, Valerie, tell us about it. Yeah, Dostoevsky. You know, I like to think um, of my books as the first step to exploring this stuff. You know, it's a it's a stepping stone to opening the door of new ideas, you know, because, yeah, when you read something in fiction, you know, you go, oh, is that real? You know, maybe I should, you know, explore that a little more and then they'll turn around and maybe find your books or, you know, some of these other great books that are out there. But, um, yeah, so um, the series that I have right now, it's The Tangled Web of Friends. Um, the first two books are available in ebook format and print through um, all online booksellers. The first book is called Summer Camp, and the second book is The Witches of Fishgill Pond. Um, the third book is currently only available in print, and it is um, called The Last Hour. Um, and if I were going to be in studio, I would have brought you guys one. So I'll have to. I have a copy ready to go for you next time I see you. So. Oh, that's fine. Thank you oh, so much. Thank you. Yeah, and they're available on Amazon? Amazon, Barnes & Noble, um, Books A Million. Yeah, anyone that mm-hmm. sells on- books online pretty much carries them. Excellent. And uh, what we have a few more minutes. Uh, ben, uh, how about getting into a little bit of crossover phenomena here? Oh, uh, uh, yeah. well, I, I guess... Well, I mean, we kind of touched on it a little bit with um, you know UFO experiences, you know, with mm. Mike Stevens and all of that, but, you know... Uh, one of the one of the big things in New Hampshire is Bigfoot. So any 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 sort of run-ins with with Bigfoot, cryptozoological creatures, anything like that, anything that kind of falls over into your realm, so to speak. You better get used to that if you're going to come with us to Pennsylvania. <laughs> I can't wait to sit down and have a conversation with Bigfoot. <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> for that. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, um, you know, it, uh, there are people who have communicated, uh, and you know, let's say we'll, we'll get into that. That's, that's probably fodder for another show. But uh, I'm thinking in, of uh, of our occasional consulting work with uh, Denise Stoner and, and Kathleen Martin, who you know, both friends of yours too, uh, who um, run into you know people who are being um, uh, abducted, who believe they're being abducted, and then poltergeist phenomena starts to break out in their house. The things that they would consider demonic, you know. And, uh, you know, how, how do you deal with that, that kind of thing? You know, how do you tell what the origin of a phenomenon is? So, uh, how, but how do you approach that in the sense of, you know, uh, is it just because it looks like, and you haven't gotten into that, but just because it looks like a, a ghost doesn't mean it is, or it might look like an alien, it might be something else. I mean, you know, how do we yeah, work? I, for me, I tend to look at what is the purpose of this energy before I ask any other questions, um, you know, because I have encountered things that could probably be considered a demon, but it has a purpose. You know, it is there to cause mischief and kind of wreak havoc on somebody's life, but it's because they need that to happen in order for something else to happen in their life. Yeah, that's um, interesting. So, that sounds like yeah, uh, so- Second Temple Judaism cosmology for demons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. Well, it, it's unfortunate, though, that, you know, people don't like to hear that evil has a purpose um, because that's yeah. pretty much where I am at the moment, you know, because we make the greatest strides in our lives and make the biggest changes for the better when we're challenged with something bad. Well, that's, that's that modern culture, unfortunately, yeah. right? Because we, we live in a world where it's like everything has to be perfect. All the time. I, I had a conversation with a buddy of mine um, because he was, you know, we were, we were just kind of, kind of talking about life and, and such. And and I was like, well, you know, I've made, you know, I've, had, yeah, Marion and I have have had some had some stuff happen. And, you know, ultimately we've grown from it and gotten better. And he was like, well, what if everything's perfect? You know, what's going to happen then? And I was like, dude, it's ne- nothing's ever going to be perfect. <laughs> that's that's just not going to happen because that's just how life is. And if you think things are perfect, then there's something wrong. So I think that's a reflection of society more than anything else, because in the modern world we live in with instant gratification, everything is is supposed to be fine all the time. And and stuff that's esoteric like this is like, ah, it's too big of a deal, we're not going to deal with it. Or just, you know, sign it off as, ah, it's a dead person telling me something, who cares? And and rather than looking deeper into it and seeing what's there, which is a potentially life-changing experience, for the better. Well, I'm tempted to get into Manichaeism, dualism, and and the evil god versus the uh, uh, good god in in ancient uh, theology, but I, I think we, we don't have time for that right now. But uh, how wh- what do people do? Do you think when when they they go to a medium who how, how do they how do you tell how if a medium is legitimate or is just wrong or is is a crook? I mean, how do you discern that if you're someone who's seeking out some kind of guidance? That, that's tough. Um, you know, I think people have to go with their gut, and I think even mediums who maybe aren't as legitimate as others have a purpose, and people need them for some reason. Um, but I'm going to say look for the people that are humble. Look for the ones who really want to help. Um, you know, the, I think the best ones out there are the ones who are like, I'm going to connect you to your loved ones so that you know you can do this when you go home. You know, they're not looking for that person to come back over and over again. 
you know, for every move they make, you know, we call them psychic junkies, the people that have to get a card reading to make any type of move in their life. You know, the good ones are going to show you the way to make your life better, not to keep a customer coming back over and over again. Well, there's there's a movie uh, with Richard Dreyfuss, and Ben, it was one of our favorites, uh, What About Bob? Oh, yes. Uh, and uh, Bill Murray is Bob, and uh, a lot of people don't know about this film, despite the the august cast. And uh, Richard Dreyfuss is the psychiatrist, and Bob is the patient, and... Uh, what one of the things the first things he says to to Bob Bill Murray is uh, the best psychiatrist is the one inside of you, and uh, one can see a perhaps an analogy here or, or a parallel between the whole medium thing, as uh, probably best to avoid um, ones you do not feel totally confident in, or or I don't know I, I would say. You know, you, you are your own best person. Someone wrote to us last uh, last show, and we read it open on open lines. And uh, our advice: she had just lost a loved one. And uh, I often get, get um, the the with my canted point of view on things. Okay, not not everybody you lose is a loved one. They might have been a pain in the neck, or you you might not have been able to stand them. You know, I mean that, that's unfortunately that happens a lot in families. You know, what do you do if they come? You know, so or the people it's just time to say goodbye sometime. But but this particular lady had lost her, her uh, very beloved husband and uh, had written to us about this. And we said, it's not, at least from our point of view, it's not that they are still with you, but the, that you're with her, or I should say him in this case, uh, in many worlds where he never died. And it's all you, the, the, the different facets of yours, a word we had to invent. Uh, so I don't know, maybe that's all wrong. But, but she wrote back and uh, she was, as with many other people, have found a lot of comfort in that. And she didn't have to go to a medium uh to seek any guidance or pay anybody uh, and took great comfort in the idea that, that life continues in many, many different worlds and that this is just a very small part of what we are, uh, this world. So, but that's our point of view. Hopefully it's got some validity to it. But um, anyway, Valerie, is there a website where people can uh, find out more about you? I know it's my, Facebook. My, yeah, my website is uh, currently being built, um, so hopefully that will be done in a month or so. Um but otherwise, Facebook, Valerie LaFasso, author and empathic medium, is the best way to see what's going on with me and to get in touch with me. Okay. And uh, are you working on another book? I'm currently working on the fourth book in my series. Um, I have lots of other stuff um, in the works as well. Um, Choose Your Own Adventure book for the series. Um collection of short stories and and some other some other things so i'm always kind of thinking about other books <laughs> well uh, not to put you on the spot here but but you were you're one of our team that's going to contribute to our uh next book the uh uneasy skies uh have you uh made any decision about what can you give us a hint or or are you still working on it? um well I'm, I'm definitely still working on it um but i i'm hoping to kind of marry the empath stuff with the the et and ufo stuff because i did have an encounter with my father when i was four years old that changed my life um and it has everything to do with being an empath um and i don't talk about that often because it's very personal um but i think you know contributing this chapter is a a great way to start speaking about this because i feel like it's it is time to start looking at 
these possibilities. I, I can't think of a better uh, motivation, uh, and uh, we look forward to seeing that. So uh, that book hopefully will be out uh, either the end of this year or, the, or early next year, and uh, we'll, we'll uh, look forward to what Valerie uh, has to say about that. So, okay, well, I think we're just about at the time for our announcements. Uh, and, Valerie, thank you for a tremendous conversation. You're a wonderful person, and uh, we look forward to working with you post-COVID, hopefully, uh, as things uh, get back to normal, particularly in Pennsylvania. I think uh, you would really be uh, uh, really interested in that and uh, tremendous um, uh, things that can uh, can happen down there. It's really, really uh, amazing. Okay, so, I'm really uh, ben, looking uh, forward to it. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. And there are things closer to home, too, that aren't, uh, you know, what, uh, eight-hour drive away or whatever. Uh, ben, so take yes. us away, would you please, with our announcements? Sure thing. Uh, just when you thought it was safe to return to Maine, the New England Parafest uh, set for Kittery, the Kittery, Maine Community Center two weeks from now has been uh, ordered canceled by the town of Kittery because of concerns that it's still too early for people to uh, assemble in the wake of the pandemic. And we already had Tom Spitaleri come on and, and talk about the chari- recent charity that we've adopted uh, for the – oh, geez, I'm blanking on the name of the cemetery now. The Hilldale Cemetery. The Hilldale, the Hilldale Cemetery Hilldale, in Hilldale, yes. the Hilldale, Hilldale Cemetery in Haverhill, Mass. And so if you want to check out that along with other, other charities, we'll give you a little bit more information on that a little later. Well, I'm sure it, uh, it's a historic cemetery. You could tell a lot of tales. Uh, the new book we're working on, uh, we've just been talking about, um, Behind the Paranormal 3 on Easy Skies, uh, along with Valerie. We look forward to contributions from a couple of other other, other colleagues who have worked with us in uh, one capacity or another. Uh, it will also contain the best of our interviews over the years with the greatest researchers in the UFO field, including the late Stanton Friedman and uh, a number of others uh, you've heard on the show. So uh, look for that uh, again later this year or early next and uh, Valerie has talked about her books. And then um, what do we got next? So uh, you can check out our current books along with those of our other co-hosts at our show website, BehindTheParanormal.com, uh, where you can also find out more about the show, our many cases over the years, our public appearances, and how to book us along with 900-plus free recorded shows from our 12-plus years on the air, including our four-and-a-half-year run on CBS Radio, along with special shows and podcasts. And uh, our 900, official 900th show is coming up in July, uh, June, I should say, and we're planning some special surprises for that, and it'll be open lines, but uh, we hope you'll look forward to that. Uh, there are far more than 900 hours uh, available on the uh, Behind the Paranormal website and on uh, a number of the podcast platforms, iTunes, etc., so uh, we're pretty much all over the place. Uh, and again, uh, we have added Hilldale Cemetery to our charities page on BehindTheParanormal.com. Uh, what do we have for next week, Ben? So next week, uh, if my computer decides to respond, and it did not, uh, next week, April 4th, uh, is Easter. So we'll do a rerun of a popular show, our November 29th, 2020 interview with the great consciousness re- researcher, uh, Anthony Peak on the Hidden Universe. And on April 11th, we'll be back here on ON. Uh, W-O-O-N, AM and FM uh, radio, with British poltergeist researcher John Fraser. Yeah, I actually uh, was talking with John, and I think it's going to be a great show. He's had a lot of, uh, done a lot of research on that subject. Mm. So uh, we leave you today with a simple thought from the young, contemporary Indian philosopher Nitin Namdeo. You may not have heard of him, but maybe you will. Quote, as long as you are living only for yourself, you are not living at all, unquote. I'm Paul Eno. 
And I'm Ben Eno. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey. And we shall see you next time on Behind the Paranormal. Uh. <laughs> hey, we'll find out what happens at the top of the hour, I guess. Yeah. There we go. Oh my gosh. Return to this radio frequency 